Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. United against life as we know it. Us dead will be the shit we trust me. Hi, welcome to Space Press, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is my partner in crime, the girl who I always wanted to say out by 16 or dead at the scene. M. Johnston. Hey, Mary, what up? (laughs) I am so excited. It's finally October. It's uh, a great great season. Uh, Thank goodness we have fall because the end of summer could be very depressing, but getting into a good season like fall really takes the sting out of it. Yeah, it, it it's almost like all these holidays that we celebrate uh, have a history and trying to keep people from being sad by all the darkness. Like, we got our Halloweens, our Thanksgivings, our Christmases, our, you know, Hanukkahs, our anything else that you celebrate. I'm, you know, I'm... New Year's Eve! Line is, New Year's Eve! Everyone celebrates that. It's great. Yule! Uh, Yule! <laughs> Solstice! Paganism! Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to spend October... Dealing with horror, spitting some uh, less sci-fi, more spooky feminist fare at you. And yeah, we're starting supernatural goodies yeah. coming your way. Yeah, which, well, as we've talked about before, just in passing, you know, like, all ma- all science is magic and all magic is science. So, you know, like, you can, we can make an argument for uh, the evolution of creatures or something, but... Um. <laughs> I know, but unfortunately, you're saddled with an information... Uh, a person with a degree in information organization. So I'm like, nope, we need... There must be lo- lines and rules. Um, no, but I like I like to get fun around the holidays. We can do, some, we can do some magic stuff. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. I like some spookiness, some witchiness, some, you know... Huh, all good stuff. Well, let's start out with Ginger Snaps, which is um, real gory, but in the best possible way. Just a quick note, this episode we're going to be talking about, not in too much detail, but we are going to acknowledge um, the concept of suicide and suicidal thoughts. So if that's something that you don't want to take on, no worries. Um, skip it and uh, you know, wait for our next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I agree. Well, let's dive right in. So today we are talking about uh, Ginger Snaps, which is a fairly low budget, I would say, um, horror movie made in the two thousand, the year two thousand, um, by a pair of Canadians, John Fawcett and Karen Walton. So this was the first time you had seen you watched this movie for the first time for this pod, correct? Indeed, I had seen it listed um, on. Plug for a great website, Autostraddles, uh, like, you know, queer horror narratives. And this was only listed because, like, uh, close female bond, not. Right, 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 right. It's not, actually, it's not sexual, but it's it is. It's sexual. It is queer. It's, it's almost queer a romantic. We female yeah. relationships being yeah. portrayed as queer. Check out Captain Marvel for our discussion on queer friendships. It was. I like the. I like. I love. I love these sisters and the fact that they're sisters and the way that they're close to each other. And I love the aesthetic. Oh, Bridget is so cool. I wish I was. She's a, so cool. She's and so she, cool. Like, and I, just, you know, 
just level-headed, you know, the way that only little sisters can be, you know, the youngest in a family. Oh, my uh, God. Ugh. Be, little <laughs> sisters. There's no... As one There's little sister to another, I just want to yes, say we are... Youngest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't I don't believe in, like, you know, some people, like, birth order having anything to do with, like, people being, like, yeah, yeah, better yeah, yeah, than yeah. each other. But, like, everyone agrees that little sisters are the best. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. We're the pinnacle We're of... speaking very objectively We're as two little sisters. The pinnacle of human achievement. We're the most important members of every family. <laughs> We're the masterpieces. I mean... Yeah. yeah, that's why uh, I've got a brother with a law degree, a brother who started his own business, and a sister who is a doctor, because <laughs> as the youngest, I've become the pinnacle of human achievement. Welcome to our podcast, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to give us a little plot overview? of? Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ginger and Bridget are morbid teen sisters uh, who feel decidedly out of place in their suburban and Canadian neighborhood. Um <laughs> However, it's not all field hockey and bunt cakes in this docile little burb. Something is mauling all the neighborhood dogs, and one fateful night, it attacks Ginger. Suddenly, Ginger begins changing. Mostly normal puberty stuff, like menstruating and sexual awakening, sudden hair growth. Wait, is that a tail? <laughs> so this is a this is a werewolf movie, um, and. It's kind of, it's actually shocking when I, uh, when I, I have seen this before, I revisited, but like a long time ago. And when I revisited it, I'm not sure even when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like the only werewolf, like true werewolf. I mean, I know that Underworld exists and things like that, but like truly in the classic sense of a werewolf story, this is the only one I can think of that has, um... A, a lady as the as the central werewolf. One thousand percent. Like I, I'm sure that people could let us know about uh, other female led uh, werewolf movies, but I could not find one. And uh, the point is, it was easy to find lots involving dudes. Oh yeah, which is actually kind of interesting because I I did some reading about it, and it basically seems like werewolves in the past used to just be like 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 in folklore like when people believed yeah. that werewolves were real things right um basically believed that anyone who was like deviant it was sort of like being a witch it was like whoever yeah. if whoever's deviant or causing like trouble or maybe like a little bit like like rabble rousing they could be labeled a werewolf and you would persecute them and kill them for that reason so it could be men it could be women it kind of like just sort of stretched out across but then at some point we like kind of got rid of women werewolves and it became this metaphor of like a uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde duality which i guess it kind of always has been like you know by you're yeah. a person by day and then once night falls then you become this crazy wild animal that we just have to kill because there's nothing else that can be done about it Right. Absolutely. We have folk tales about uh, wolves as representation for young men, lustful, dangerous urges, and then women having to avoid them. Like Little Red Riding Hood is about that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Werewolves, just like most other paranormal creatures, um, do have like a sexual element. And I read a lot about probably the most like... Like, if you see old black and white um, clips or stills of werewolf stuff, you're probably looking at The Wolfman, um, which was made in 1941. 
And it's about a dude named Larry Talbot, um, who is like real a real creeper and loves to creep on ladies and like grab tushes and stuff like that. And he apparently gets bitten by a werewolf, and suddenly his urges balance out so that when he's a, a man, when they like the full moon is not out, he's like very respectful and kind, and all the women are like, "Oh, Larry, you're so much better. You used to sexually harass me on the reg, and now you're nice." And then <laughs> when he is a wolf, he switches back to his weird lustful rage that he that. He, like was kind of more integrated into his man persona um, mm-hmm. and runs around uh, trying to bite virgins and stuff. So that I think is typically what we are to understand from werewolf narratives. This one seems like I would say that one's like kind of gross, like grosser than usual. I just want to say about that. The narrative almost seems to be that like men have to have a way to exercise this feeling. Like, you know, it's just like natural to like have both the duality of like Around some women, you're proper, but sometimes you gotta right. just or, get real rapey. Or maybe it's like you always have these feelings, and by becoming a werewolf, you're just able to compartmentalize them better. Right. Which, which is like a, diff- a different thing and a weird thing. I also think like a lot of these stories, uh, obviously the werewolf narrative like um, neatly fits into the journey from becoming a child to becoming an adult, right? Like suddenly a bunch of things, your body starts to physically change and you don't fully understand it and you have mood swings and you're rageful and you're horny and suddenly you're an adult and it's, you're fine again. Right. Um, so I think, you know, and they've, they've played with that. The Twilight series kind of plays with this idea. Right. But like the Twilight series and then like it's sort of lampooned and um, and joked around about in uh, like the comedy Teen Wolf. But I would say that this movie <laughs> does really interesting and significant things by by yes. firmly focusing on the female experience re-becoming a werewolf and connecting it to becoming a werewolf. I think watching this, I was almost shocked that it hasn't been done before because there's just so much, like, easy uh, So obvious. Space. Yep. Yeah. It's it's so good. I mean, like, just, uh, just alone it feels revolutionary that we have a story where it's like w- women, like, puberty for women is significant and also has beastly elements. Yeah. Just just as it does for boys, you know? Well, yeah, because because we talk about, like, boys and, like, the animal within or whatever, but, like, it is also beastly for women. Just to, just to give, like, a, a high level of, like, what some of what we're talking about, I'm just going to use a couple examples because I, I thought about them a lot. Ginger gets her period and starts bleeding, and there's a werewolf there, and she gets attacked, like, almost right after because, like, the two things are, like, they're analogous. Um, she starts growing hair on uh on her shoulder where there are cuts but later on we see her like shaving with uh her legs and it's bloody it's terrible and at one point Bridget goes into her bathroom her sister's bathroom and thought like sees the used up like shaving cream with just like hair everywhere in the way that like obviously that's an exaggeration but it's gross it all feels gross yeah. but like right around that time is also when girls change their looks and her hair like is you know getting blonde you know and she's getting claws but the claws are very much like when you know nails that people cosmetically get this is the exaggeration but all of these steps 
are real, you know? Yeah, it felt very, it reminded me of something that I kind of forgot was a thing. And now that I've seen it played out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is such a thing. And it's like when you're going through it, you hate everything. You hate everything. You hate yourself most of all, but like the way other people treat you. And you want people to honor what you're going through as a process that is upsetting. But you also don't want them to treat you like a freak. Like that's kind of like the central, I think, like kind of tension between the sisters as Ginger becomes a werewolf is that yeah especially initially this change that they can't like both be going through yeah that like is already and yeah the first thing we see is like when Bridget is buying like fucking pads or whatever for Ginger and how like weirded out she is standing in line you know yeah yeah and it's like you kind of get this like just this sense that like like, I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. And I super, super love the scene with the school nurse at, when they, like, go yeah. to the school nurse to talk about periods. And it's just, like, it really highlights how even if you have, like, wholesome, progressive Canadian sex ed, like, having someone explain it to you and be like, yeah, you're having cramps and it's going to be like a pump and it pushes all the blood out of your body. Like, yeah. that... That makes you that makes you feel almost worse sometimes. Like it's not, you know. I think as a progressive adult, I want to be like, yeah, bodies are totally normal, and we can just like talk about these things. But like, if you're going through it for the first time, it's very yeah. raw. It's very raw. And, and they describe it in a way that you probably feel when you're hearing it as a girl, which is they make it like the way that they talk about it is obviously exaggerated, but they make yeah. it so gross sounding. When, yes. Like. At this point in my life, as a woman who uh, is in her 30s, um, not. It's just a thing your body does. But there's this moment where literally Bridget is like with her mom and her mom like says like, don't worry, you'll come. Your time will come too, or whatever. And I remember people saying that it's always like it always felt like a threat because like, yeah. And she looks at her with horror. She's like, yeah, I don't want that. Nope. Yeah. What I think is really cool about this movie is. Yeah. And I think they pull, to me, they pull it off. And I, I can't even necessarily, I mean, I, I'm going to attempt to, but I, I can't, it's, it's, it's very subtle. So the idea of, the idea that they have literally a woman becoming a monster, which is what is happening to Ginger, right? Like at the end when she is a yes. werewolf, she is not recognizably human anymore. You know, her yeah. werewolf transition, she becomes a monster. And, the way that they handle it where they're like, yeah, becoming an adult is scary and like puberty is scary and your hormone adolescent hormones are gross and weird and they make you feel yeah, terrible. They make you feel terrible and they 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 flip so quickly and yeah, you're like this yeah. volatile creature and they tell that whole story really completely, but at no point do I feel like it's like and it's because she's a woman and she's a monster. Like, they pull it off, and I think it's, like, a lot of... And it's not necessarily... They pull it off by feeling like it's not Ginger's fault. No. Like, it sucks that this is happening to Ginger. Yes, you feel... like, you're sympathetic to Ginger from the very beginning because 
she and her sister are so incredibly close. Yeah. And I think because we have Bridget and because of the way that their relationship is structured, where they're not always, they always love each other. They always support each other. They're always there for each other, like beyond anybody else in the world. But they're not like, they don't sugarcoat things for each other. They're pretty no. like rough with each other. Yeah. So I think because you have yeah, that they, relationship. From the beginning, Ginger would beat the shit out of anyone who talked about Bridget, just maybe not as intensely, you know, like, but... Absolutely. But, yeah, like, they would call each other out and shit, like... Yeah, yeah, they're kind of mean to each other even sometimes. Honestly, and, that felt very much like a sister relationship, like... Yeah, it felt Megan real. Megan would have beaten up anyone for me, but Megan also and I did not always get along. We... Yeah. At, in high school, I think, was when we learned that, like, we were each other's uh, accomplice, not each other's enemy, but like, because right, right. Your and parents, then like, up. that gets called yeah. in question. Yeah, yeah. And that's but like, that's what's happening. Like, they both know each other, that they're each other's accomplice. So they're almost like like the idea that you would actually talk to your parents about something instead of like just keeping it between you all like feels like a betrayal, you know? Um, I don't know. It felt very real, though. Yeah, I did love how much. So I think that a lot of other a, a lesser film would have made this sexual transition like this this uh like her transition into a werewolf and as to a sexual being be a lot about getting boobs i love how that's never even mentioned in this no you're right you're a, absolutely a right a lesser movie would have made a it about that a lesser movie would have made a huge deal about that instead like the thing that she's developing is literally a tail <laughs> Yeah, and so she gets a tail and a period. Like they tackle, they tackle. I mean, like a tail. Like I mean, if you have, a, if you're a human being and you have a tail, I mean, I hope you're just working it at this point because yikes. But sure, sure. like yeah, right. No, that's not. But like, you know, but like, I'm sorry. Most, um. but most like hormonal. But like, right. Like that. That's like a. That's a different thing. But like, yeah. Everybody can like any person with a uterus can relate to the idea of having a period, right? And like yeah. remembers what that was like at some point. And yes. but it's still so taboo. And I love that they like show it and you like and you like really see her period. You like literally see blood drop out of her body. That yeah. is strangely taboo that we don't see no, that. No, absolutely. And and the first time we see it, like we just see it on her leg, but like even from the beginning, like you're seeing like actual blood. Like, but yeah, when they're like it's like a geyser, and honestly. The woman isn't wrong. That's not an unreasonable amount of blood. Like, you know, it just looks like an unreasonable amount of blood because blood's gross and it spreads, you know? Like, yeah. 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 The, my yeah. only, the only thing I have, uh, the only thing that could have made it better was that if they had shown like a used pad or a used tampon in like a trash. I agree. But they did show like the underwear that for some reason she was going to have her mom wash instead of just throwing away which is what I would have done at that age if I yeah. had that much blood on probably at this age I mean just because it doesn't happen I don't know anyway but I loved that scene I was like that's Me too. pretty great yeah no but instead they make it up to us by then giving the worst man in this movie his own period oh, oh my god right oh what that is amazing it I, is. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, his friends even like, and they call it out explicitly as that. His friends are like, "Oh, you're on the rag." Then. Yep. Well, and it's so good because he's such a dick the entire movie. We hate him. This is Jason. Jason is just like objectifies women and is a is just a a jerk. He's not a good a guy. Jerk. Not a good guy. He's not a good guy. And 
it's very satisfying to see him like get a taste of what it is like to be a woman. Just a small one, but like a yeah. one that I think will freak him out. <laughs> I like that. That's like that feels very very good. Agreed. I just I don't want to I'm going to lay my cards on the table, team. Uh I hate that Ginger has to die at the end of this movie. Um and I hate that he doesn't die. I understand it's important to see that like she could have been saved at some point, I guess, but I hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate I... that he lives and she dies. Yeah, I mean, just to me, because, he's like just not a... I do feel like a young girl goes through changes and has sex and then gets punished for it. I have some theories about that because that also bothered me. That also bothered me. So why do you think that Ginger dies? Has to die at the end. Like it's said, it's it's put to me when I watched the movie and she died. I was like, oh yeah, she had to die. Like that's that's seems to be how it's framed in the film. Even if you don't have like a necessary reason, but why do you think that she had to die in the film? So, I I I felt like it was honestly just going back to a bad trope um, where women get punished and killed in movies, but. Because in the reality of the movie, like, there's the, like, she never tries to actually stab her sister. Like, and I get at that point, your sister has killed so many people. Like, maybe there is a point at which someone is beyond redemption. Yeah, um, that's what I thought initially, too. I was like, uh, when she, after she killed the, the janitor, I the was janitor. like, I was because, like, oh, she's Because the die. janitor had helped her sister from, like, the very yeah. beginning. Like, he's in a very early scene. And I think that that was, like, that was the line. That got crossed. Like, the guidance counselor felt gratuitous and sucked, but, like, also, he he's a dick, and, you know, at that point, like, fine, we're just leaving, but, like, you know, I think that that was the line. Yeah. yeah. That's when it stopped being, like, this is just something that's happening to yeah. you are choosing to do this. Yep. And I, so, yes, I agree with that. I think it's actually kind of about suicide, I know, which is funny to say because, like, obviously it's about suicide because they talk about that, like, in the first five minutes of the movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So just to just to set the scene, there's this motif at the very beginning where, like, you think that they're going to kill themselves, but really it's just that they uh, are taking all these photos of themselves dead in these various positions. It's what Bridget has to look like, look at after she stabbed her werewolf sister and killed her. Um, and we see, like, that's why they stand out. Like, the guidance counselor's like, I am disturbed by that. We're going to have to talk about it later. But uh, but please, please talk about how um, how that informed your read at the end of the film. Oh, so their thing was out by 16 or dead on the scene, but together forever. And I think so out by 16, I think they're talking about like running away yeah. and then or dead on the scene. So we run away or we're going to die. Right. Or yeah, I, I feel like dead on the scene is like we die at the scene of the crime. You know, like yeah. we we don't make it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and they t- they talk about like they t- it's just like so flippant at the beginning. And then the moment that the that the werewolf that is Ginger, but now she's like completely transformed, decides to lunge at her sister and she lunges at the knife is when Bridget yells, I'm not going to die with you in this room. And then Ginger kills herself. That's my read on it actually is like that is the full separation that because ginger would not accept bridget's help because she kind of got in so deep initially you have this kind of tension where she's like no we need to fix this i don't really want to be a werewolf and then she starts to really enjoy it and then she fully succumbs to it right yeah 
Yeah. And then the seduction of like being this animal. Right. And Bridget like consistently and forever wants to help her and lets her sister know that like she still loves her and she's there for her, but she can't continue to be a werewolf. And so yeah. they're at this like stalemate together. And I think in that moment where Bridget's like, I'm not going to die with you in this room. I'm not going to become a werewolf wolf with you in this room. Like this ends here is when Ginger decides to end it for herself and then yeah. complete this sort of tragic romance that the fi- that the that this story is telling about two sisters. Yeah. That was my read of it. So that made me feel more okay with Ginger's death. I think that Ginger chooses to die at the end. I don't think that I, she I don't think that like she accidentally falls on the knife. I think she chooses to fall on the knife. So you don't see it as Bridget stabbing her so much as no. her her falling on the knife herself. Yeah, and well, I think that Bridget that also is supported like I mean, I don't I like that reading of it. It yeah. was not what I initially saw, but I that does make me feel a lot better too. It also uh I feel like lends even more poignancy to after Bridget's sitting there, like watching this creature that was once her sister die and like looking at the photos of them together dead or smiling or well not smiling but you know looking at the kid either either a looking shot of at them fond or fond or them, memories or them being dead yeah. and then yeah. crawls over and like the last shot of the movie is her like with her head on on her sister's werewolf body like full transform werewolf i keep on saying sister because like that's yeah. who it is to her yeah but what we're seeing is literally a monster but for her she's going and she's laying with her sister as her sister dies yeah it's really sad it is very sad. It's tragic. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think, because like initially you see her, she's got like the hypodermic needle with the cure in it in one hand. And then, and that's what's forward when she's talking to Ginger. She's like, do you want this? You can have yeah. this if you want it. And she's got the knife because she's scared. Right. Like, yeah. She doesn't know if there's well, this really... thing has just killed. She doesn't know if Ginger's there. Yeah. She doesn't know if her sister like recognize her anymore. So she's got yeah. it. And then she gets on the bed and Ginger basically, after Ginger basically rejects the cure like she doesn't she doesn't allow herself to be cured so then she gets on the bed then the knife comes forward and that is when ginger lunges at her so i think i think ginger jumps on the knife i don't think that bridget stabs her yeah i like that i like that read better i don't think i don't think that bridget would have stabbed her i think if bridget could have stabbed her she would have stabbed her with a hypodermic needle it's a really sad end because it's super sad like i it's hard for me to imagine that bridget ever recovers from this experience oh my god how anyone in the family will ever recover this is i don't think that they do like it makes it's just sad because bridget technically lives but like making her like lap up sam's blood as he dies in front of her like i think that that was any chance for a future for a different conspirator yeah ended there yeah, but I think that Bridget any other still kind of companionship. I think that Bridget still holds out holds hope forever. And I think it's because we have this story where definitely there's a centralized theme of like Ginger and Bridget being worried that a man is going to come and take the other away from them. That's like a centralized theme of this. Yeah, it's and, yeah. And I and I think it's very real. Like I think that it, socially speaking romance like you there is like a moment where you form very close relationships with girls other women and girls yeah. you're both girls right before yeah. before you're interested in boys and then the se- then like when one person gets interested in boys it is kind of like a betrayal a little bit 
Because then you're like, oh, I guess now we all have to conform to this now. Great. Yeah, I guess we all have to be have crushes on boys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just like, sucks. And, like, and, and also, like, the girls that have crushes on boys and the girls that don't have crushes on boys are, like, asexual, basically, which I think is how Bridget is kind of posed in this story. Yeah. Like, it is kind of, like, this divide. And to watch these two sisters that have always been, so, like, really understand each other and really get it go through that felt very real to me. That I that agree. was a... Uh, that that's like a that's a real genuine thing that women go through. However, I do think it's cool that even as they go through this, no man no man actually becomes between them. Like yeah. even after Ginger kills Sam, Bridget wants to save her. Like she's like, no no no, it's fine. I'll just make you not a werewolf and then we'll run away. It'll be great. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you even have that scene where Sam, when they're in that, like, uh, when they're in the pantry, and Sam yeah. is like, because Bridget has also has mixed, just, yeah, has yeah. mixed her blood with Ginger, so she's going to become a werewolf, and I think she will take, take the it? cure, right? Yeah. And he says, why don't you take the cure, and then we'll blow. He uses the exact same phrasing that Bridget uses when she talks to Ginger, and Bridget is like, no, we're not leaving my sister behind. Yeah, I think she's like, how about we don't? And yeah. fair. I do. I <laughs> do you feel bad that like then Sam's like, OK, well, at least let me like help. And then like immediately it gets killed. <laughs> I, I felt sad. I liked Sam as a character. I liked Sam, too. Sam is a good Sam just because I, I think he genuinely cared about Bridget. Yeah. And, and, and not in a and sexual way, been, like and not a sexual way, but like would have been like a good source of support while she grieved her dead sister is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Nope. And this movie takes any of that possibility and like breaks it in Oh half. yeah, Sam so. super dies in this movie. Sam super dies. Super dies. <laughs> pretty horrifically. Um, <laughs> yeah. The body count is actually pretty high in this movie. Yeah, oh yeah. No, compl- no complaints here. <laughs> Bloodthirsty Johnston gives it five enthusiastic thumbs up. No, um, no. Five I'm, dead corpse hands? Uh, no, no, no. The, like, the stakes in this feel real. And, and, and like, like, they're not... The way I would describe this movie is gutsy. They are not afraid to do stuff that other horror movies might not. Like, they're not afraid to show menstrual blood. They're not afraid to give us a character who I believe we are supposed to sympathize with, and I sympathize with, going through a monstrous change and do things that will make it really hard for her to come back ever. Yeah. Right? And they're not afraid of it. They just do it. You are sympathetic (laughs) with her from the very beginning because it's... And maybe this is just me, but I'm just going to posit that I'm not the most unique individual in the entire world in every way that I feel and react to things. But I think you were, I think as an audience, we always respond positively to loyalty because everybody wants someone to be loyal to them. And yes. seeing how loyal they are to one another, how they are like a pair, a force to be reckoned with as two that like is always side by side because Bridget um, is smart enough to have skipped a year in school but like they're they're like a twin force from the very mm-hmm. very beginning and so it's hard not to feel sympathetic for Ginger because like you've seen her like love and care for someone and take care of them like well and even when she's acting crazy she does make a good bit of sense like my favorite yeah. is right after um, the the bully mean girl uh, Trina 
accidentally offs herself by slipping on milk and hitting her head on the countertop. And they're like at their house and they're like, well, guess we got to like not call the police about this, which I don't really fully understand. But OK, well, that, I think I think that that's a not having a fully formed frontal lobe because cops like that would have been the answer because you would not have gotten arrested. You will get arrested for hiding a dead body like you did not yeah. actually kill this girl. Uh yeah. Well, and it's know. funny too because you think Ginger kind of gets it. I love the line where um, Ginger basically is like, "The world is too busy deciding if women are sluts or virgins to notice if we've committed murder." I genuinely love that line. That's a crazy amount of savvy coming from especially her at that point cuz like like this is after this is after she has had sex with Jason, has killed a dog, has tried to cut off her own tail, right? Like she's like at yeah. a pretty low and wild part. Like it's, it's kind of right before she fully like flips over and starts really enjoying being a wolf. Um yeah, that like and to have that like that sense of it is pretty remarkable. She always seems to know the score. Yeah, no, how she, I'll put it. she I, I think that's a great way to put it. She understands the lay of the land. She makes a lot of sense. You're absolutely right. And so it is hard for us and for Bridget to see her when she has decided that if this is who she is, this is who she's going to be, which also, though, like. I think that there is a point at which sometimes people are going to call you, you know, sluts and terrible things or whatever. And I think some women do respond with being like, fuck it. Fine. That's mm-hmm. what I am then, you know? And so it is, it's still, it's still analogous to this commentary on what it is to be a woman. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that there an adolescent woman. Yeah. And in no small part, I think that the movie basically dares you to be like, Oh, you think that she's the bad guy in this movie? Don't you realize that that's what everybody thinks? That's how society thinks about women who embrace their sexuality, that they're the bad guys? Like, it kind of dares you. It dares you, but it also doesn't, would never, like, there's, you have the safety net of Bridget there being like, no, this is my sister. Like, I love, (laughs) I love that part where, um, it's right, right after, uh, Ginger gets in the car with Jason, um, to eventually have sex with him. And she's ovulating. (laughs) And Bridget's like, she's ovulating. It's so cringy and terrible, but it's also like, so like sweet and weirdly supportive. Yeah. yeah, I'm not slut shaming you, but she could get pregnant right now. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> use a condom. Which is although she doesn't use a condom, she has unprotected sex and passes on her werewolf genes. And well, that does give our boy Jason a period. It also weirdly manifests as looking like he's contracted like a terrible STI. You know, like yeah. just looks really sick and has like boils and shit uh, more so than hers. Like, I think it's. I think it's, her change is her change is flattering despite her, yeah the nails, the teeth, and uh, the uh, the tail. Mm-hmm. I had nails. a theory. I had a theory the nails, about the tail, that. The tail, the tip of the tongue. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I had a theory about, about that. that. 
I think that her sexual awakening is like from a deep dark cave. Like I think probably Ginger has had these feelings for a while and she's kind of been like yeah. mushing them down because she doesn't want to like conform to what society thinks that teenage girls are all about. So she's been like repressing them. Whereas Jason has been like really reveling in toxic masculinity for a long, long, long time. No, you're absolutely right. So his uh, transformation... He, he's, he's not an, initiati- an yeah. initiate. Yeah, so he gets, initiate. like, super gross, bad, like, over-the-top pu- uh, puberty, right? Like, he has, like, terrible acne. He's, like, revolting. He's, like, ah! Like, he's just... He's so over-the-top gross. So I think he's, yeah. like, literally becomes, like, a puberty monster. Whereas she kind of has to, like feel it out more you know like kind of is like discovering it as she goes um and i actually really liked i loved how they they like played kind of her sexual awakening um the scene where she walks into the high school and you can tell like her her like wolfy pheromones are like blasting it all over and everyone's like sort of like looking at her that could yeah. have been played as, like, an ashamed scene, and that would have also been helpful, because, like, right, like, nobody likes being catcalled, but you see her kind of, like, come into her own, and I kind of think that that's a part, a little bit of being a teenage girl. Like, yes. like if, if you're lucky, and you get to a point where you feel comfortable in it, and just don't feel ashamed all the time. Yeah, no, totally, like... I think that we, because we have to go into overtime being like, it's never, you know, like, catcalling is rude, it's it's street harassment, and I completely agree with that, but, like, it's also hard because we also be like, yeah, and also, like, but sometimes ladies, like, like looking hot, like, and that's fine, and, like, like looking hot and having people notice they're hot, and that doesn't mean they're asking to be raped, and doesn't mean that they're asking to be, like, catcalled, but that's, like, a thing, and it's fine, I, we're just I human beings. someone a smile... Or if you know someone complimenting them, all of those are normal. Just, you know, if yeah. someone's just trying to walk into work, maybe don't blow them kisses as they walk by. Happened to me exactly. last week. And exactly. I looked like Ugh. shit. So it was just a compounded, a confluence of emotions. Yeah. Anyway. But do you know what I mean? Where, like, I, in that yes. moment, that feels very empowering for her. Like, she enjoys yeah, well, that attention. He, she had been getting put down so much and, like, kind of written off by other girls as just being, like, a freak. And suddenly she's being validated in a way that they have all been validated throughout this film, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked, just, like, the whole way that this is played. I also like how, um, so obviously uh, we talked about how werewolf narratives involving boys usually it's like this it's like sexual and violence and like eating and consuming and sex it's all the same thing because men are like horny and monstrous and they're just beasts what are you gonna do <laughs> what you gonna do what you gonna do um, but rules I, us all anyway sorry it does not but we, we have rational no. thought anyway yeah but ginger is like more philosophical about it i really liked how she had a lot of agency in her first sexual experience, right? Even enough so to be like, to be like when um, Jason tells her, like, you're the girl, you should just lay back. And she's like, I'm the girl? I'm the girl here? Like, gets mad at him and is like, gets no. really mad. No, that's not how this is going to work. Like, that's really cool. Like, it's it's clear that consent is there for her. I'm not so sure about Jason, which I'm like, not great, Ginger, but no, also no, no, she's no. a at, werewolf. At, 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 she's a, I think that that's what we're supposed to chalk it up as. We're not like act like Bridget your sexual experiences she literally passes off like werewolfism like I don't you know she's not her yeah. textbook on how you should act um, no but no, yeah no. no she she's taking it on her terms um oh yikes in fact like it it seems like she has killed him 
the movie plays he, it. You think that he's she's killed him? That she has murdered him instead of just like yeah, passing on her uh, transformation. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think the movie is also smart. Like in the scene where um, where she, right afterwards, where she's talking to Bridget about it. It's a disappointing experience for her, right? In her case, it's because actually what she wants to do is eat things as opposed to have sex with them. But she's saying like, like she's like kind of talking about it and she's like, it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be like. And even though she's a girl who has agency provided consent, she is aware that the deck is stacked against her in terms of like the sexual politics of what has happened. And she says like, he's going to be a hero and I'm just going to be a lay. That's so true. That's so true. And that's so such a smart way of playing it where it's not like she's not victimized here at all. She had complete control and she still has the right to feel angry about the like the, the way that society has has made it so that she cannot enjoy this experience or that this experience can happen to her. It wasn't even that great. And also like it's going to kick her in the it's going to kick her in the teeth on the way out as well. Like she will yeah. be blamed and punished for this experience regardless of situation. So w- one of the things uh, I posed to you was, do you think that this version of puberty is helpful to girls more so than what, like, what what do we usually tell girls about, like, this quote-unquote change in life? And and, and does I, this story tell something different, and is it more helpful? So I honestly think we just don't tell girls enough stories, period, about it. Like, it's yeah. just, <laughs> period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but seriously, uh, it's still stigmatized to talk about menstruation and menses. Like, those... The word menses sounds kind of horrifying to my ears. And I am a sex positive, uh, you know, feminist who has no issue with, like, the body. We just... We've so tabooed it that, like, the images we get instead are of, like, women white dresses, like, you know, uh, and white Twirling in a field. Twirling in a field. field. Yeah. Yeah. Or being like... Or being like... Or being like, um, I'm a... I'm a sassy lady, and nothing's gonna stop me from winning this swim meet. Right, and there and there are movies about like your period. I feel like the Virgin Suicides is uh, is one that you could you know make a meal of. But um, oh man, in so many ways, actually, in so, many ways. <laughs> so many ways. But I, <laughs> but yeah, I think that what's helpful is that this talks about it. I think it engages with the fact that it's gross. Like I think so often we try to sterilize it, and make it less gross when. The bottom line is it's as gross as just bleeding in general is. It's as gross as, like, our bodily functions are. Humans are kind of gross. And, you know, it's like a big circle. It can go all the way around. If you think about too hard, we're gross. If you don't, you know, whatever. It's, it's, but then it's also just a body and bodies are great, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I think that they make your period sound horrifying, but I think that it's also more honest and it allows you to have, like, a more interesting conversation wherein things are allowed to be complicated and uncomfortable and painful. And like, they even deal with the mom stuff. Well, which I know we're about to talk about in terms of like, like how, like there's no way to win. I feel like being a mom uh, in this situation because like both you cannot have the experience your daughter is having and it is a universal experience and you feel like you should be able to like help them like step forward into it. But like, that's just not how it works. Puberty doesn't work like that. So it's nice to have that story in general, um, even in a horror movie. 
because you get to be more explicit. Yeah. And I really focused in on like stories about girls and, you know, like I think just recently. So this came out in 2000 in, in, in 2000. Right. Yeah. 19 years ago. Crazy. Which is wild because I kept on thinking ni- 2000 was like, oh, that's not that long ago. And I was like, okay, no, that's 19 years. It's <laughs> a long time. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, just now have I seen movies that I'm like, oh, that's like relatable on a level that like kind of hurts. But like it hurts in kind of in a positive and good way. Um, yes. The, the two movies that I would, or the two pieces of media, because one's a TV show, I would point to are uh, Eighth Grade. Did you see that movie? I did not. Oh, oh. That's like has less to do with like the body realities. And it's like all about like social stuff. And it's just, it's like looking into the sun. It's like, it's like a deep, bright truth. And it kind of hurts to look into it. But yeah. it is very, but it's good. It's very good. And then uh, the Hulu show Pen Fifteen, where they basically pull yeah. in grown women to play adolescents, so they can really get into how gross adolescents are. It's yeah. pretty remarkable. Middle, yeah, middle middle school's rough. Like I, if we were talking about like high school, Booksmart's an amazing movie. But like, oh, Booksmart's great. When yeah. like all this stuff is like, yeah, yeah. those are movies I I have not seen. I have seen Pen Fifteen, but like. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit too much for me because... Uh, it's real gross. Awful. Middle school was yeah. awful. All right? Like, I'm not yeah. saying it's not authentic. I'm just saying it was awful. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I. But now that I think about it, I feel like we have, you know, we have so many... Um, we have so many amazing... Um, like women artists who are now being like, no, I want to tell like a a true story about what it's like to be an adolescent. And they do this. And now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't really think that we do a much better job with dudes either. I think we just had a lot of stories about young dudes uh, in general, but that did not deal with this stuff. So like it, it feels profound and special that we have a story about women and about like this stuff. You know, um, yeah, but, but, we sh- but we... I think th- I think that we've conflated that there are stories about, you know, coming of age stories about men with their really great, honest, like deep tackling. truisms. Yeah, yes. especially like body stuff and stuff to do with sexual politics. Like, I don't yeah. I can't think of like a movie about a boy boys coming of age that deal with sexual politics as like something scary and and violent and weird like this yeah that deal with certainly heterosexual men i've not seen anything like that like uh, it's usually played for laughs it's usually like a super bad or something like that like it's it's a joke exactly like that's yeah it's either like a super bad or like you're watching like stand by me which is about like you know not (laughs) little little tiny baby boys (laughs) yeah like sweet sweet little boys you have like you have either tiny children or you have high school yeah, I think that yeah, I think that this is a newer thing for us to be tell. It feels new. Obviously, this movie was made in two thousand, but like these girls are also like older than that. Like you know, they're fifteen and they just got their periods late, so it's like an interesting also convergence. What do you think about that choice, Mary? To uh, m- like, I guess it adds like the eeriness, but like, why make uh, why delay them so many years in getting their periods? I think that it's partially, I remember be. I mean, like, I think I got my period, like, when I was 12. So I would say, like, bang on schedule. Like, that's pretty yeah, average. Average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember having friends that had got their period when they were, like, 10. 
which I was like, oof, which now I look back and I'm like, oof, hormone milk, oof. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't seem great, but whatever. Yeah. Bodies are different. Who knows? Um, I knew people got their, their periods when they were like 10, and I remember being jealous of them because that's like a thing that girls go through. Um, or like there's yeah. like a there's a very there is a subtle status symbol to getting your period, I would say, especially in middle yeah. school. Well, yeah, because you've 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 made a step. Yeah. Like you've gone and then the second system. you have it, you're like, oh, this was not worth the hype anyway. Oh, my <laughs> God. It literally no. does. It is more of a threat when I fe- it's I feel like the way that women talk about periods is the same way that they talk about childbirth and the way that they're like, you'll know. And I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> I'm opting <laughs> out. <laughs> like, I've no, checked the no box you. for a hard pass <laughs> because that sounds horrifying. And I already remember how horrifying my period was. It, yeah, it's just gross and annoying because like there's <laughs> it makes you feel weak why is yeah. my body doing this to me <laughs> feel weak i love it i love it so much um yeah no i mean so like not worth hype but then i knew girls that like didn't get their period until they were like yeah like 15 16 and it, like and that was like sh- they were ashamed of it like so awful so yeah. i think it's, it's almost like virginity. i think it's sort of like yeah, I think it's, like, uh, a natural way to separate. First of all, I think they had to do it because making this movie about, like, 12-year-olds is very upsetting in a different kind of movie. Like, to have, like, a sick a 12-year-old have, like, deep sexual awakening in this way, you can't make that movie. Like, it cannot be done. I, I would not want to watch it. Um, yeah. At least if it's, like, exactly like this. I Like, Creeps. Creepsville, USA. No, thank you. So I think that they had to make them older because they wanted to tell this particular story. I also think it sort of shows that they're like, there is something biological that they have not gone through yet that has separated them from, like, the popular girls. Like, they are otherized in another way, which is that they're like, they've had this delayed developmental milestone, which ultimately nobody even knows about, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Right? No, exactly. No one knows. Even adults get acne, you know? Yeah, like, no. Whatever. It's, yeah. And uh, it's, um, it's it's also a little bit like Chekhov's tampon, right? Like, they mention it, and then, of yeah. course, you know that it's going to happen. Of so. course. Yeah. Of course. It's, it's This movie isn't subtle. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, and, and kind of in a way that I, like, love. I like that it's no, just yeah. like, it's I, just I, like. I love how explicit we get to be because it's exactly what I love about sci-fi, which is we get to have commentary by making something by blowing something up and saying what that looks like, you know? Well, and like it also... The most extreme example. And also by, like, just confronting you with things. Like, they didn't have to show Jason pee blood, which is a nope. thing that women do and know about. Like, yeah, right? Like, that's yeah. something that is very, very relatable. Um, yeah. They didn't have to show that, but they did. And in that moment, you're like, whoa, we got a period. And in that moment, then you as the viewer can go the extra step and be like, huh. So I think this movie's basically saying that, like, it's more normal for a human being to have a period than it isn't. And that's kind of cool. That's a cool yeah. idea. Right. So you can, like, take it that next step because the symbolism in the movie is is like drawn with a sharpie for you so you can you can like just like grasp it and then extrapolate from there which i think is fun it's a good it's a a good way to approach this i would i would say my favorite b-side character of this movie it's not even a question although i do like sam also is 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 pam their mom is pamela the mom played by mimi rogers 
to like to pitch perfect. Like it's just so good. Yeah, no, she's she's kind of weird and amazing all the way throughout. Um I really so we first meet Pamela. <laughs> I love that they call her that by their first name. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're gonna call Pamela. I yeah. love it. Uh, um she she just seems like maybe a little daffy, you know, like yep. and doesn't, you know, doesn't really have the beat on her kids, like thinks that probably thinks she just has some weird daughters, right? Yeah, she keeps like maintaining that these people are totally normal and you're like, I mean, I'll, I'm into it, but no, they're not. They're Even not. Their bedroom looks like two prison beds you know yeah, I mean? like, like uh, pamela if you didn't want your kid <laughs> you didn't really help this yeah which, you I seem mean, to be like, you seem to be fostering this to some degree yes yes or at least in deep denial it's like, it's like how my mom only let me dye my hair orange like it's almost like you wanted me to be weird <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. your mom's like i mean no no like flattering Different yes! colors. It's Orange. Orange. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, that's a wild move, Mary Pat. <laughs> wild move. But I love, like, the way she looks is crazy. Like, she's, like, yeah. definitely in, like, like, like the, the, the highest mom jeans possible and, like, turtlenecks with sweatshirts on top of them and her mm-hmm. hair. Like, she has those, like, those two twin, like, corkscrew curls coming down in the front and then the curls big hair bows on top of her head like she's like she's kind of like she also seems to i think present in a state of arrested development which in contrast but in a contrasting way with her kids like she dresses like a little girl kind of Mm -hmm. but not in like a creepy like no in the way that like we have portrayed moms as dressing before because i'm sure some moms i guess dress that way you know? Right. Well, and it's also I think to show that like she is not like a like a sexually like like oh, aggressive yeah. being, right? Well, not even beyond that. Her parents both seem kind of like asexual and at the very least out of sync. You know, like yes, yes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so then you have this mom, and she's always trying to like like one of the best moments is when. Um, when she and Bridget are downstairs and Bridget is trying to distract her mom from noticing that Trina is in their deep freeze after she accidentally died in their kitchen. And uh, Bridget says to her mom to distract her, what do boys want? And her mom's like, oh, I've, oh yes. Like, you're just like, you can see it. She's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Bonding, connection. Um, and then we don't find out what she tells her. Uh, although we can make good inferences, but then I just love that scene where she's like, yeah, that's what boys want. And, uh, some of the guys might seem cool or, uh, interesting, but, um, they're not. It's like her end message on it. It's so good. (laughs) It's so funny. I also, well, I also love when she's basically like, so her sister seems like she's getting into trouble because she's been in this fight and like, should I say something? And Bridget's just like... Ginger likes that you let us work things out on our own, <laughs> which she's like, yeah, I was, and then she says, I was wondering if that approach was working. And it's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing because nah, girl, you're just being checked out of shit right now. Well, you're getting like totally fleeced by your kids. Oh, yeah. Right. I think she wants she desperately wants to be connected. Right. Like she desperately wants that connection. But it's just her kids are so weird that you just are like, she's never going to get it. 
And then, and then, but there, this movie contains oh multitudes. God, right? This movie contains multitudes. You go on a journey with this motherfucking mom. Yeah. Uh, when she's cleaning it, when she's working in her garden, and her husband finds two fingers from the dead girl that they buried, who they did not kill. She fell into the uh, counter, but only after, like, Ginger had manhandled her a bunch anyway, so it wasn't, you know, it didn't look good. It, it wasn't, it um, wasn't a great look on, on our girl. No. Tough, tough look for our girls. Um, yeah. And so they find, like, two of her fingers, and their mom's like, oh, these are fake. You're big baby. And, like, at first, I thought she genuinely thought that. I was like, like well, she's wearing gardening gloves, so maybe, and then. But, but it's clear, because she goes into the kitchen, puts them in a Tupperware container, almost puts them in the fridge. And later brings them and has a conversation with Bridget. Mary, do you want to talk about this? <clears throat> I feel like oh, we started at this point, so I'd like yes. to No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so she finds these fingers. She starts to connect some dots. She <laughs> figures out the... Tr- like, she digs up Trina in their, in their garden shed. Uh-huh. And is like... <gasps> and then she goes out looking in her minivan looking for her daughters. And the solution she presents to Bridget <laughs> is this. She's like... She's like... Um, she basically is like, you guys have done something really terrible. But you're my little babies. And it's not no natural. my girls away. Right. Yeah. She's like, it's natural for you to leave me. But it's not natural for someone to take you away from me. So what we're going to do is... I'm just going to let the house fill with gas. I'm going to I'm going to like turn on the stove and I'm going to let the house fill with gas and then I'm going to light a match and everything will burn up and no one will ever be the wiser and then the three of us can just move on with our lives and start over again leaving your father behind cuz he will not understand. <laughs> You're like, "Um, what?" It's like it's like an oh shit moment. Um yeah, it's almost like you're like, you want to be like, Mom, are you maybe a werewolf? <laughs> like, oh my God, that is what we thought. I watched this with my friend and she was like, so was her, so she was the original werewolf. Like, that's why it's her fault because she's like, everyone's going to blame me. And Bridget's like, this isn't your fault. She's like, it is my fault. And I, I realized she means I've been a terrible mother. <laughs> oh, I just kind of thought that that was the mom being like. I'm a werewolf? No, 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 no. I don't think the mom's actually a werewolf. I think it's like the mom being like, I think it was like a subtle thing where it's like the mom's like, it's hard to be a mom. Everyone blames you when your kids oh, turn no, out of, bad. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That, she's that just like, that is how the scene literally goes because she's like, everyone will blame me. And like, he'll blame me. That's why dad can't come. And yeah. she's not wrong. No, um, she's not wrong. And then, but then I think also she's like, I think she's like kind of a doofy mom, but I don't really think she's a bad mom. I think she wants to connect. It's yeah, just and, that and you can't she's not, push your daughters too much. No. Like, it's not her fault that she came home to debt. Like, it's not her fault that her daughter became a werewolf, except there are several scenes. This is the only thing that's her parents' fault where they're just not home, where their daughters call for them. Like, True. their daughters call for them when right after Ginger gets attacked. Like, if they had just been there at that very beginning moment. Would have been could better. things have gone different? Yeah. yeah. But her mom, but I think her mom is, like, dealing with ex, and maybe this is, like, very, this also feels very true to me. The mom is trying to deal with her kids going through something that is extraordinary, right? Yes. Like, turning into a world, yes. extraordinary. 
but yeah. she's approaching it with just sort of like bland tr- like truisms that like just aren't that meaningful yes. to anybody even if it's not yeah. extraordinary but yeah. also at the same time when you're an adult that's kind of like how you feel like if uh, like if I came into a, a bathroom containing an adolescent girl I was related to and she was like leave me alone I'm fat I would tell her that models are on speed too I'd be like no you're not you're not fat it's yeah. everything's fine so like yeah. I, it's it's weird I think to be the age I am now and like watch it and I like relate to both parties like I'm like just sure I think that the different here I am <laughs> this is something I never do I don't like to talk shit about moms. I don't like to talk about the way moms are raising their kids. It's not a thing that I like to do. Pamela is a fictional character, so I'm t- yeah, totally I'm fine. This one head on, <laughs> totally fine. I think that the the thing to do in these moments is to bookmark this, and then like later be like, hey, I'll talk about what you said in the bathroom. You know, all models. You know, what I mean, like, I don't think that that is the moment. Well, and the problem is she never follows up. No, and so there's never an opportunity to actually like change things and that's what i don't think you would do it. i don't think you'd be like we're gonna have a conversation about this right this second when you're at all not listening to me you know what i mean like yeah that's true um i also think that there is like and this kind of like loops i think back into how i feel about the story which is i, I kind of think that ginger actually is genuinely suicidal but she has yeah. this like sweet relationship with her sister that she's hanging out like and that so she probably yeah, wouldn't her, her sister's the reason why she's alive I exactly agree with that. yeah yeah and they, I, but to be fair, I I don't think it's as serious for Bridget, but Bridget, they talk about it openly like that is why they're here, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I don't think that Bridget. Here. Right. And I think that Bridget in the end being like, I don't want to commit. I don't want to commit suicide with you. I don't want to die with you means that like she kind of never really felt that way, like seriously. Yeah. But Ginger yeah. did. And so I think that's it's also a little bit of like the mom just like wants to talk like big bunt, bunt cakes and talk to her about like like boys and things like that when her daughter has like way more serious things going on. Like meet your kids where they are at. No, I, I absolutely think that I, I think that that's such a smart read to talk to about to talk about Ginger being suicidal because you're right. That is already something extraordinary. You know, that kind Mm -hmm. of depression, which I like is is what is happening here. You know, it's it's part of the it's it goes part and parcel with the morbidity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's wonderful that you support your children's weird hobby. Yes, of course. But all, but also, like, you got to get up in there and like figure out if there's something else bad going on in that weird hobby. Yeah, at the very least, you gotta like at, at in 2019. At the very least, Pamela, they're they're going to therapy. Yeah, like yeah, it's, just it's just fine check for in. them to express their feelings with this art. I think that's great. Honestly, you know, great that they found a way to express it. But therapy, because <laughs> yeah. like you this gotta is extraordinary. <laughs> you gotta not to not to brag on my own parents, but why not? Because they're great. Um, <laughs> it's just like when I got way into aliens when I was like ten. My parents had the discussion and then talked to me and were like, "Hey, you're not gonna like join a cult, are you?" And I was like, "Oh God, no!" And they were like, "Great, great, great, great." <laughs> like. <laughs> I was like, no, it's just like super fun. And they're like, oh, exactly. right, 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 right just, on, just right have on. a follow up conversation. I and I can't remember exactly what they were, but I definitely had those conversations with my parents. Where I was like, no, 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 this is not like my whole life or something. This is right. something I enjoy. It's right. funny, right? It's fun. Right. 
Right, right, right. I'm doing this for fun, not because I'm desperately trying to push down um, suicidal tendencies. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Totally. Totally. So what's interesting about the Fitzgerald sisters and what puts them uh, on the outside, we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I'd love to, like, just take it on directly, is the closeness of their relationship with one another. Um, It's kind of like best friends, but, but sisters. Like, you... They're just by each other's side constantly, so they're kind of a unit, and that like, and they don't feel like they relate to others, and so they're more than just sisters. Like, there's a scene where uh, it's after Ginger has killed the dog and eaten it, is like puking up blood, and she's basically like, "I want to quit," and be- Bridget's like, "You can't leave me here. You can't do it. I would never do that to you." And it's just, like, I think that that level of closeness, like, as presented as weirdness, like, A, reads as true, but B, is, like, why this feels, like, queer, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, just a real level of dependency and intimacy that uh, goes beyond what is typically portrayed, but felt very honest. Like, those relationships exist, you know? And it was really cool to see one taken on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it's it's interesting too. I liked I really liked their relationship and I liked I liked that they chose, you know, they are not the normal like or like the average choice for a teenage movie. <laughs> like for a movie about teens, right? Like these right. people kind of exist on like the edges of teendom as we understand it as a they're culture. Not, they're not going to be considered relatable to many people yeah i think it's a risk for sure yeah yeah um but it it kind of chooses it chooses to focus on them because it is more interesting as a story and it is more interesting to have them and like like the way you would buff this the buff the hard edges of this movie out and like make it more um tasteful i think to an average audience would be to to make like ginger could stay basically who she is but she would have to be like way way more like kind of mainstream and then she has a boyfriend and he she gets bitten and then that boyfriend freaks out and like does all the stuff that bridget does but that's not as interesting of a story it's not at all (laughs) and also not at all because like because because that tie between them like those moments where people are like you know like where Sam's like you can leave and it's like no like just like that like unrelentingness is not it wouldn't work as just a relationship right? no and, and and you buy their intimacy so much more like yes. you buy that that um, they're intimate enough so that Bridget checks to see if her sister is growing a tail and then when yeah, her that sister never feels weird no like and, that... no well, I mean like the tail is weird but yeah. yeah no oh my god the tail's horrifying it feels so weird <laughs> like oh my god um throughout like the tail's just maybe my least favorite part of any part of this but uh <laughs> yeah when she was cutting it off in the bathroom you're like do it get rid of it <laughs> get it out of here yeah yeah well and that's another thing too i think that because they are because they are strange people um it makes it even more viable that uh like you know we kind of said at the top that um ginger's transformation is flattering but it gets way scary like after after bridget locks her in the bathroom and then she finds her at school like that is like the point where like her eyes like her eyes are becoming like like 
wolfish and her yeah. nose has started to turn into her a eyes snout to two different colors yeah yeah they're she's al- the shape is elongating she's scary like they're not afraid just as they're not afraid to show men- menstrual blood they're not afraid to make people like really ugly in this movie and like and, yeah, no, and, when- and off-putting and like frightening in that way the yeah, body horror the of this movie Halloween, when she goes into like the party and like we see her kind of like she tries to seduce sam or whatever um mm-hmm. and her butt like you you show her like her shirt is coming off and mm-hmm. like you kind of get the impression of tits but that body is so weird horrifying it's and weird different. like it's not like there's nothing about that that is You'd, you'd have to have a real kink. Well, she's becoming, like, she has sort of, like, the folds and, like, you can kind of see her she's arms. A, a, an animal. Yeah, her art, like, her body is changing into something that's going to walk on all fours. That's what's really creepy about it. Like, yeah, her stomach is kind of like, class. yeah, her stomach is kind of getting, like, pointed the way, like, like a, a dog's shape is, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's weird. Um yeah, I, I, I thought that it's, they're not afraid of it. They, like, really holistically understand body horror from, like, soup to nuts. I feel like yeah. the benchmark and, like, the, the best werewolf transformation commonly referred to as uh, American Werewolf in London is the is the big one. And it says, like, a, it's all done with practical effects and you see it happen in real time. Like, you see the transformation happen in this, like, living room. And it's, like, a it's a practical effects feat to see um so it's definitely like this this movie does not like go toe to toe with that movie in terms of of body horror and practical effects savvy but it's it's still very good i still really enjoy it mary what did how did did you enjoy this movie yeah i really enjoyed this movie i think it's really it it like walks that perfect line between being relatable enough to be scary but also being really funny at the same time which i like when horror movies do that um i think it's a delicate balance to pull off and i just like that it's really like gutsy and strange and like fully i think commits to a horror movie from a with a with a strongly female experience focus where the woman is not the victim and that's rare it's very rare to see a movie like that and that's cool um i also looked into what other um so like i keep coming back to the fact that this is made 19 years ago i thought about uh, what other movies came out in 2000 that had women leads so like i said not a big year for horror so i like completely like initially i was like what other horror movies came out no no no. but this is all genres like time stamping it you know yeah these are the movies that came out that made a lot of money in 2000 in in the year 2000 that had women leads in them the movie bring it on aaron brockovich Coyote Ugly, Charlie's Angels, and Miss Congeniality. That is some great <laughs> contextualization. Right? Like, to yeah. think about that and then to have this movie hit, like, what did, what what could people make of it? Miss Congeniality, for, like, I probably actually has held up the best of all these things on this list. But sure. even that would have you believe that Sandra Bullock is ugly. Until yes. she has like a Cinderella transformation. Like to me, this movie is like if you if you like heavily amended miscongeniality and made it correct. Like, like yeah. it's it's miscongeniality in reverse and corrected. <laughs> like, yeah. 
It's kind of like Benjamin Button in reverse. That's a joke. Exactly. They would just be growing old. So that's what we're all doing, right? We're all that's just we're Benjamin. All we're, we're all just Benjamin Buttoning in reverse. In reverse. <laughs> Everything Benjamin Button did, I did backwards and in heels. That's all I'm saying. One thousand percent, motherfuckers. Take that. Yeah. Oh my so, like, considering all of those things. I think this movie is like really cool. <laughs> it's a really cool, interesting movie. Yeah, I am. I'm really glad that you um, contextualized that in time for us because I think that that does. A, it's it's hard when we do this podcast to uh, really glory and <laughs> and the steps that have been taken, and it really just throws my big complaint about uh, Ginger dying in the end uh, just out the window. Well, that combined with the suicide read, but you know. It makes it all just seem so much better. <laughs> so <laughs> I I did enjoy this movie. I, I don't think I would spend a ton of money to see it, you know, but I did enjoy it. And a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't like spend like 30 bucks on a DVD or something. You know, oh, like no, 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 no. I agree. But it's 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 uh, spooky fun. And uh, I found it to be scary. Kind of sad. It is scary and sad. It's very tragic. So next time we're keeping this uh, horror movie takeover for October train a rolling with the witchy tale that launched a thousand Pinterest fashion inspo boards, The Craft. Woohoo! Darling, that was no joke. This is lycanthropy. Um, she will. Shakira, <laughs> poet of our age. Um, a poet, a poet and a scholar. A Shakira. poet and a scholar. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> oh baby, well, when you talk like that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what are we do? So that was very fun. What are we doing next week? Is keeping up with this horror train of rolling. Uh, we're gonna take on the craft. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, oh in terms gosh. of like cult, like you know, witchiness. Um, it's gonna be really great, guys. And just remember, uh, Mister, we are the weirdos out there that you need to be scared of. Anyway, uh, <laughs> do you know why Feruza Balk is named Feruza? Or do you know what Feruza means? That's a better way to start this. No, I don't know what Feruza means. Feruza uh, means turquoise in, uh, I believe, Farsi. And um, when Feruza Balk was born and she opened up her little baby eyes and she had those like intense blue eyes. I guess she's always so had them since she was a baby. Um, yeah. Her father yelled out, Feruza! And that's what they named her. I love that so much. I also love knowing what that name comes from because it's easier to remember it. Uh, right? Yeah. She's oh, a, by she's the way, a, you, a delight. Yeah. You can stream the craft to prepare for, prepare for our episode um, on Amazon Prime. There's a lot of commercials, so if you wanted to rent it or In anything else, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, just get ready, get ready with like I don't know, get a bunch of '90s snacks, like get maybe some Snackwell cookies. Yeah, um, and just like buckle in for a nostalgia wave. Yeah, it's 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 pretty great. And if you haven't seen The Craft, I am excited for you because it's it's a fun witchy delight. Also, well, I won't I won't I won't burn the pod on what Don't comes next. Pod. No. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to Space Bros. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and review us five stars. If you uh, are feeling particularly generous and like you have a bond with us, like only two sisters in 
not actual lycanthropy can. Uh, I mean, just yeah. like be in our pack. Give us five stars. Just be, yeah, just just join our wolf pack. If and you don't give us five stars, you can still be in our pack. We'll just be like, really? Yeah, you'll get a little bit of side eye. That's oh. all. <laughs> some some digital through the waves. You'll know that there was side eye just from like, you'll feel it. <laughs> a right. tingling in your spine. Um, and also check us out on social media. We're at space underscore bras on Instagram and Twitter. And our website is outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras. Indeed. Now join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone else might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers! Cheers! Outrageous.